VFAM, what's up? For episode 23, I chat with the one and only D-Rock. Mr. David Rock has been working with Gary Vaynerchuk since 2014, and in his time, he was responsible for creating and executing some of your favorite Gary V shows and videos, including, but certainly not limited to, Monday Morning Rant, Clouds and Dirt, Overrated, Underrated, and of course, Daily V. Over the last nine years, D-Rock the person and D-Rock the noun have become a mainstay in content creation culture, and he has paved the way with a blueprint for creators to work and grind their way to the job or business of their dreams. I was extremely grateful that the executive creative director for Gary V and video creator for V Friends took the time to chat with me on this pod. Uh, throughout our conversation, we chat about how persistence and serendipity helped him break through Gary's DMs and ultimately landed him the job working directly with Gary. What Gary said to him on his first day working with him that took him years to overcome. The story behind the beginning of Daily V, what it would take for you to get hired by DRAC right now, and of course, the alpha from the Malibu trip when all the original V friends were created. Um, the only thing that trumps DRAC's legendary work ethic and hustle is his status as a legendary person. Um, he is just genuinely kind and selfless, and I am so privileged to um, have met him and speak with him, and I had the best time jamming with him in this session. I hope you get as much out of it as I did. I understand what people may think, but listen, Discord is unbelievable. Again, back to the community I built, it's just kind. It's, you know, it's nice, it's thoughtful. Tons of moves, learning, unbelievable OGs coming in and helping. And that is a game changer. Our grandparents did not have this. That to me excites me. I mean, I've spent the last 12 years building Gary Vee. I want this to be my Harry Potter, my Pokemon, my Smurfs. Like, this is a very big ambition for me. I will spend the rest of my life building this intellectual property. You are now listening to the VFAM Sessions Podcast with your host, That's how I That's how I Mr. Messer. Oh yeah. Subscribe, like. Hello, VFAM. Welcome back to another very special episode of the VFAM Sessions. Uh, Super excited for this one. I'm here with the one, the only, Mr. David Rock, also known as D-Rock. David, how are you? I'm great, bro. Thank you for having me, and I I appreciate you you reaching out. Awesome. I lost you there for a sec. So, so awesome to have you. Um, You know, for, for the very, very small portion of uh, people listening that may not know you. You are the executive creative director for Gary Vaynerchuk. Obviously, you've had a journey there, but let's let's go take it all the way to the beginning. Can you give us a 55-second quick cliff note of who David Rock is before the name Gary V even entered your universe? Yeah, I mean, um, I was, I'm a, hey, everyone. Uh, thank you all for, you know, just tuning in and all that stuff. I appreciate it. And honestly, like, as my role, I know officially my role as creative director for Gary, but things have shifted a little bit in the past. And so now working on mostly the VFRED stuff, I just want to say that. Um, but before Gary, 2014, so 2013, uh, about eight, nine years ago, I was a freelancer um, as a videographer, editor, producer out in New York City, uh, worked for myself, and my buddy and I were doing a podcast, and I called the Launching Creative Podcast, and we interviewed a ton of entrepreneurs and businessmen and all this stuff, 
and one day my buddy was like, hey, you guys like, have to do it. You guys, there's this guy talking at Columbia University. It's a free uh, talk. Let's go. And that's kind of like when I saw uh, Gary for the first time. Um, but yeah, honestly, just a grinder, a kid that came from Pennsylvania, came to New York, relocated because I was like following my careers and passions, and then, you know, uh, got into a car crash in Pennsylvania. So I was like, you know what, let me go move to New York. That's where I've always wanted to go. I, my ex at the time lived here. So I was like, you know what, it just made all the sense in the world. Um, and then moved to New York to follow my my um, dreams and hopes of becoming a film director. And um, quickly got onto a lot of movie sets, TV shows, held, got the coffee, held the wires, you know, that whole thing. Um, sure. Quickly started to realize I didn't want to do that stuff. Like, I, I was much more of a, I don't want to climb the, the ladder. I kind of want to go make stuff. So I decided... I'm not going to pursue the professional film and TV route that way, but I would go and like just become a freelance videographer, editor, and that's just kind of what happened before I met Gary. You know, amazing. And you've, you know, I, I'm trying to get the most of this time, so I've done my homework. And you, you've told this story a, a few times, but I think it's it's amazing. But can you? We we a lot of people know that you know you were persistent in emailing Gary, but yes. can you, do you mind telling us the, the serendipitous story of the, the, the subway taxi that kind of just changed your whole trajectory of your career and life? Yeah. So, I mean, listen, I love telling this story and it's fun because over the years I've actually started to fill in the gaps a little bit. Um, so back when I did, wasn't doing that podcast with my buddy, Nick, um, he was like, hey, this guy is talking on stage at Columbia University. Let's go listen to him. And I was like, fine, it's a free event. Let's go. So we went. And, and I keep saying free event because, yes, I was broke. Like, we were all, like, I was just, like, trying to survive. Like, we, uh, I, I was living paycheck by paycheck, and I was not working for a job at all. It was all, like, freelance work. So I was really trying to figure it out by myself. Um, and so I did. I went to Columbia that night with him, and... We went and heard this guy talk. He walked out. He had Nikes on, jeans, and like a hoodie. I'm like, yo, I fuck with that guy's energy. Um, <laughs> I wasn't big into like corporate America or, or like big suits and all that stuff. So um, I was like, yo, I'm drawn to that. It, it was more hip hop, more like like cool guy, and I, I I just liked his energy. That night, I went home, uh, watched everything he had on YouTube. I didn't know about the wine library side of his career, so. When, he, when I first started watching Gary on YouTube, it was 2014, so he had a bunch of keynotes, and like uh, this guy Nate and uh, even like this, uh, Andy who now runs and all held like a cell phone video up, and like Gary would rant to the camera like once in a while um, about like what he saw trends were coming. But I watched as much as I possibly could that night, and I sent him an email. I was like, hey, I'm a video producer. I just saw you talk tonight. You did a great job. Um, would love to offer you a free video because my goal was to uh, the theme of the talk that night was jab 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 right hook which is mm. the title of this book um, and he, it's all about give 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 and ask and I was always about like give like I always believe in free work and pro bono work in order to just like build my portfolio or get my name out there or get more experience or you know learn how to like deal, do business in the real world um, so. I quickly sent that email, sent it, 
didn't hear back from him. And, you know, honestly, like, I, I want people to hear that part again because I get emails and DMs every single day, and I wish that people would be persistent. I wish that people would not just give up. I will say that there is a, a boundary to uh, reaching out and being persistent. You got to be respectful. You got to be coming with taste. You got to have a, you got to have something to offer, whether it be your time or a skill or a service or something that the other person might need. Um, so there's that. But then I emailed him again, probably like two or three weeks later, just because I knew how busy the man was. Um, no response. And then uh, I had tweeted him a couple of times, and I was like, okay, whatever. Like, this guy is busy. It doesn't matter. Life is life. So one day, fast forward uh, another month or two later, this pouring rain in Manhattan. I lived in Queens at the time, and I was broke, but I had just made the most I was about to make the most money I'd ever made on a freelance job. It was like four hours, and I made like 500 bucks. And I was like, this is fucking awesome. And so, uh, pouring rain, I get everything. I'm ghetto. I grab all my gear, tri- tripod, camera, lighting, everything. I look, look like the hunchback of Notre Dame. And I'm walking through the subways, and I'm like, miserable. I'm getting out of the train. I'm getting poured on. And then I go do my job. Uh, turns out it, it, it goes very smooth, very easy day. Nothing complicated. But, like, I had had enough. I was like, you know what? I'm going to take a cab. And this is, like, probably the second time I had ever taken a cab in New York. And, like, wow. the first time my, my ex's aunt had, like, taken one so we could go to, like, a, a Broadway show that she had, like, paid for. So I was like, oh, like, this is a big, like, this is a very fancy thing. And so I get into the cab, and I'm riding across uh, the Queensboro Bridge, which is a bridge that connects Manhattan and the Queens. And why I, why I love this story so much is, during, in 2014, New York City subways had no cell phone service. There was like once in a while, maybe 42nd Street, maybe like 59th Street, Queensboro Bridge, maybe 14th Street had Wi-Fi because it was close enough to the ground, but it was also, uh, they had more like power there in the new like big central spots in New York. So, you know, we're all on our phone, but you can't do anything. You're mostly either reading a book or whatever. But because I was in the cab that day, on the Queensboro Bridge, I had service. And I was on Twitter, and Gary was uh, tweeting, and he was like, hey, there's this app called Kick, which right now is a, a hookup app for a lot of perverts on the internet. But uh, Kick it was a chatting app that, like, just like Gary would say, hey, I'm trying out Snapchat, or I'm trying out Instagram, or I'm trying out TikTok, or I'm trying out Facebook. Like, just another app. And I happened to have service in the moment, downloaded it immediately once I saw the tweet, probably like two minutes into him tweeting it, made a username, sent him a message, and within like 30 seconds to a minute, uh, he responded. Uh, and he said, I said, my first message was like, hey, I'm in New York City, I will make you a free video, I've emailed you before, here's a one minute video, because I knew his time was so busy, so I didn't want to send him like my whole reel or everything. I just sent him like a one-minute motivational boxing video that I had made. And I was like, I want to do something like this for you. And he quickly responded and said, hey, I live in New York. And I was like, yeah, I know, but like you're always busy. Like, don't you want to like, like, I know you're busy, so like, let me know when you're free, and I would love to do this. 
He's like, cool, I'm gonna connect you with my admin, let's do it. And so I was like, wow, that's wild. And so I often say with that, it's like, hard work, like, I, I put in the work, I, I tastefully reached out, I kept being persistent, I looked at all the opportunities that I could offer him, like, in different pockets, different modes of communication, and I just happened to the serendipity, hard work and serendipity is what I often say. And so I, I, I feel like I put myself in the position to be available for him because I put in the work and the, and, and the effort. But I also definitely wildly agree that the best day I'd ever had financially, it was pouring rain, so I was extra grumpy. But I was like, fuck it, I'm going to just take a cab. Those decisions, that serendipity, I can't make up. I can't mm. manufacture that. And so I often say I hard work and serendipity is how I feel like I achieve success. Um, and so uh, we set up a day. I go follow him around for a day. He didn't wear, want to wear a mic. He didn't want to, like, he didn't know me. I wasn't in, allowed in most of the meetings. I was allowed in one or two of them. And then uh, we had to got up, up to date to a, uh, a talk that he had to give. And I'm sitting back and looking at the footage, and the audio is shit, and there's no story. And I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do? I was like, up until like uh. 4 a.m. the first night, like, fuck, I have nothing here. And then uh, I, went, I went back another night, like probably two or three nights later, and I just had to like clear my head. And I went back, and how Gary records his article, like how he writes his articles, is he records audio into like a phone. Right. I happened to be filming this moment in the back of the car on the way upstate to his talk, and this article was cl- called "The Clouds and Dirt." You know his theory of like you gotta like dream big, you gotta have big ambitions and big goals, and you gotta work hard, and you gotta be in the dirt. So the clouds and the dirt, and so I I immediately gravitated towards. Wait a minute, I could use this and kind of build something out of it, and so I used that little voiceover and a bunch of like little moments from the day and turned it into a three and a half minute short film. Uh, he loved it. And he started like, back in the day, like he had nothing like this. Like there was no one that like followed him around and like interviews or keynotes or there was nothing like this. So he was like, yo, this is so cool. He started tweeting it out to like everybody on Twitter. Like he would individually go through on Twitter and just tweet it out to like, hey, um, oh, I forgot, I, I, God, uh, there's like four names I want to call out right now, and I can't think of them. Man. It's all good, I mean, we're talking years ago right now. Yeah, but like, eventually, like, I copied and pasted every single person, probably like 40, 50 people, and I emailed, I found their emails online, DM them on Twitter, like, hey, I, I can do stuff like this for you, I can, oh, Ted Rubin was one of them, uh, he was a big podcaster and influencer at the time. And there's another guy I really want to call out right now. But anyways, emailed them all, got four or five gigs off of it. Was like, yo, let's go. Like, I did, I got what I wanted. Portfolio piece from Gary, and then like a few other random jobs that were gonna pay me. I was like, yes, let's go. Uh, a month later, uh, I'm I, I'm just like saying like feeling grateful, so I sent Gary an, an email. And I'm like, oh, I got the like, job off of this. I appreciate the time. If you ever need anything, let me know. And then a month later after that, I'm uh, I'm in the middle of a 72-hour film festival. 
where you get the, the concept and you got to write and film and edit everything within 72 hours. I mean, now oh, wow. I feel like I could kind of crush that, you know, considering my turnaround time were pretty insane. But, uh, but then it was like, what? I got to write, film, edit, and like knew everything in 72 hours. This is insane. So I'm like on hour 56 of being up all night for like two days. Uh, it's probably like 10.30 at night. My buddies and I are sitting down at the edit, and we're like, what are we going to do? <laughs> this is crazy. And I hear ding, 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 ding on my phone because we weren't, email wasn't as busy back then. And it's Gary, and he says, so dot, 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 what do you want to do? Do you want to come work for me? And I'm like, uh, like, I don't want a job. Like, I wasn't wanting a job. My, uh, my aunt, my girlfriend's aunt, of the, my ex-girlfriend's aunt at the time, though, was like, you need to go to business school. Like, you need to go back to college. I only had an associate's degree, and, like, I'm here, here I am a struggling oh, wow. artist dating her niece, and she's like, no, you have to go to business school. I'm like, yo, this guy Gary offered me a job, and she's like, I don't know who Gary is. No one in the marketing <laughs> world does. No one cares about this guy, Gary. Like, fuck this guy. Um... And for some reason, I just wanted to stick it this to This is her. so meta. Yeah, and I was just like, yo, like, I just wanted, I'm going to do it. I'm going to take the job. So I took the job. I was like, fuck it. I'm not going to go back to school. I'm going to go learn business by watching this guy and, like, learn from him and, like, learn how to navigate it. And so then I got into Vayner, and I started editing all these videos, like, keynotes and, like, random, like, one-off, like, videos that you wanted to do about Snapchat or Twitter and how to use it properly. And then uh, and then one day he was like, yo, grab your camera. We're going to go sit in this room. We're going to start a show. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, I want to do a Q&A show where I like, ask, like, have people ask me questions and I answer them. And so then uh, we started the Ask Gary V show. Probably four months into that, we're doing like one episode a week, then it becomes two to three, and like we're cranking them out. I'm like cutting up every individual answer and like putting it out on the internet uh, and help DMing people who like ask the question. Like, hey, this guy Gary on Twitter randomly answered your question. Uh, if you want to like, watch the episode, here's the link. Um, so I did that for a while, and that's kind of how I got the job and like the beginning steps of my career. That's and so many levels there's so many amazing things there but there's so many it's just the irony of of all the messaging that gets put out throughout through the content there's so much of that in there um you know serendipity meets hard work you know being being you know prepared you were prepared with that one minute video and all and just continuing continuing to show up i i heard i want to get into um your your years at vayner before we hit v friends land but I heard there there was a funny interaction on day one. I mean, not only didn't you have yeah. uh, any good footage, and that's so funny that he wouldn't wear a mic in those days, but wasn't there a funny like one-liner or yeah, situation right. on, on day one? Like everyone right. everyone has that signature within, terrible within, story. Within <laughs> You cut right to the chase. Within, I feel like everyone has that horror story from their first day of work, but you, I mean, this one I think is extra poetic. Yeah, and, and, and it's funny. It affected my career probably for four years working with him. So for context for everybody listening, day one, I had never met, the, I sent thank you at the keynote. Like, hey, dude, thank you, good yeah. talk. <laughs> and then he was outside one moment, like, yo, see ya, thank you, whatever. Bye, dude. Uh, and then um, 
got the email, we got connected with the assistant, I then met up with this guy, Stunwin, who is Gary's Steve Unwin, we called Stunwin. Gary uh, takes a lot of first initial and last name and makes him a name. Weird. Um, so then I uh, met this guy, Stunwin, he was Gary's writer at the time, and we met at like a coffee shop up in Columbus Circle. We were like, hey, Gary is finishing up a morning meeting, we'll meet up with him in like 10 minutes. So then we talk, we get to know each other, and then He's like, okay, cool, Gary's leaving, gotta go. We're walking, Gary, we see him come out of the, the breakfast meeting and then walk down the block the opposite direction of where we're going. And we're like, fuck, we gotta go like run after him. So we're running after him, and he like kind of like was on a call, I think, the first like, few minutes of like me being next to him, and we all just hop in this cab, and I'm sitting up front, Stunman's in the back, Gary's in the back, and then he's like on the call still, and he's like, I'm like, I don't know what to do. I like, do I pick up my camera? Like, am I filming? I just pick up my camera. It's your first day. Yeah. Yeah. I start filming. And then I, I put it down because it's like awkward. I realized, oh, wait, he's talking to his mom. Like, this is like personal. I don't know him. He doesn't know me. Uh, he's talking about like something in the family. And then at the end, he's like, hey, mom, love you. I hope you have a great day. And, uh, and then he hangs up. And then I, I pick up my camera again. I turn back and I say, hey, Gary. You mind just saying that line again, like, hey, mom, love you? And he looks me dead in the eye and he says, never ask me to repeat anything ever again. And I, like, the production person in me was just like, dead. Ugh. What did I do? What did I do? Like, I should have just been filming. I don't know. I just didn't know what to do. But they're like, just stunned me. And why I say that affected me for like four or five years is like, I would never ask him to repeat anything for like four years. Because it was just like that one moment ingrained in my head was like, there's no way I'm asking him to do something over. There's no way. Of course, way. yeah. Um, but yeah, um, that was kind of a funny story. That had to be so traumatic. Does he remember <laughs> that story? What? Does he remember that happening? No. But I will say that the one thing that he reminded me of that I was like, wow, this is cool. It was like, he told me that he had only been on kick twice for like five minutes. So like, wow. The chatting at the was like the first time that he had ever really been on it and maybe one more time like four more minutes and then he's like this is not going anywhere and then he deleted the app so that's like another part of the serendipitous of like wait a minute he literally almost didn't have anybody <laughs> like he almost, I, I i just he would have never saw that message you know of course amazing um so so cool and so meta so, so meta. Eight, eight, nine. It's been eight and a half, nine years now. You, you've been with him at Vayner. You know, you've you started out just, you know, a guy with a camera, and you've kind of morphed into not only a well-known figure in in all of the content. Ask Gary V, Daily V. That not only you know the the person behind the camera and helping make it happen, but actually in it. And you, you know, you became D Rock to the point where like now other people have a d-rock like you're a household noun um was there like a moment proud of me. You're like, wow you're a noun you're a <laughs> boy and now you're a noun what the fuck is this <laughs> she didn't um, but like for real like because that wasn't a thing i know like i i think it was your idea to start daily v am i right so yeah there was a, there was a few things that happened it was you know, Gary and I were, like, crushing Ask Gary V and the team. We, we were all doing our work, and I had gotten bored. I was like, this is, I'm more of a creative videographer. This is, like, 
talking head Gary, but we were all having fun, so it was like, still exciting, but like creatively, I was like, I need to do something else. And so I was like, yo, remember I did that short film a while ago, like that for you, like how I got the job, I want to do another one. And he's like, yeah, let's do that. So I would use a lot of the narration from Ask Gary V if I heard a good quote or a good line or whatever. And I started to like mash up all these like different, hey, take stuff from keynotes, take stuff from Ask Gary V, and do mashups. And they were exciting and they were fun, but they visually were boring. And I'm more of a cinematic dude. So I'm like, hey, can I follow you around for a few days and just get some B-roll? And he's like, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. Like, if that's what you want to do, you create a weirdo, whatever. So then I, I followed him around for like two days and I was just capturing B-roll. He didn't have any mic. But at some point, I was like, wait a minute, dude, your life is like kind of fascinating. And he was like, yeah, you think so? I'm like, yeah, it is. And it's like, I don't know, this should be fun. We should do this more. He's like, eh, I don't know. I'm like, this is, let's just stick to Ask Gary Vee and the keynotes and stuff. And then, you know, probably a month or two later, he started being like, yo, we need to figure out YouTube. We need to figure out our YouTube strategy. And I was like, okay. And he was like, go find some people on YouTube that are doing it right, da 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 and I'm like, okay, like, what, do you, what, like, what do you mean, like, doing it right? But then eventually just kept stumbling across this guy called Casey Neistat, who had all these, like, really cool stories that he started to do in films. But then, literally, probably within a month of me finding him, he also started to do a daily vlog. So every day he would start to put out these vlogs. And this is back in 2015. So it's been a year, kind of, since I was working with Gary. And so that every day you're putting out these vlogs, and I'm like, Gary, we should vlog. I think this is like a cool story medium. And he's like, there's no way I'm vlogging. There's no way I, I like want that. There's no, it's not happening. Um, so then for more contests, throughout that year of me filming Ask Gary V and all this stuff, Gary would wake up at like 5 a.m. to play basketball with his boys at the 14th Street Y uh, MCA down in Manhattan here. And he would ask me to come all the way from Queens, so I had to wake up at 4, be there at 5.30 to start filming, and I would film the basketball games, and we'd pick out little random moments and it'd be fun for social and people, like we'd talk about it during Ask Gary Vee and people would love it. One day, I got so fed up and bored, I'm like, yo, I'm gonna just follow you around all day. And he's like, and, and, and I just did it, he didn't say no, I just like showed up in the next meeting at 8am, and if you watch the footage on Daily V1, you can see a moment where I'm across the street and Gary's across the street and he looks up and then he looks back up again. He's like, wait, like you're here? And then he smiles. Like he's kind of just like, oh, what that's amazing. And it's like at his 8 a.m. meeting after the basketball game. And then I filmed all day and he let me and we, he started interacting with the camera. And he was like, yo, like it's funny. I put out a video the other day um, on my Instagram. Uh, where I interviewed this guy, Tim, who's doing TikToks every day on TikTok. But I had dinner with him, and I made a little video. And I, and, and, and Gary was like, in the, in the first Daily V, he was like, yo, don't follow me around from behind because I hate my ball spot. And I was laughing at it so much of how much now we've filmed from that moment on. Right. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah. That's v, so I, funny. It was my idea, but then Gary... Within the first one, it took me like a week and a half to get it done. And he was like, wait a minute, this is awesome. Like, we need to do this more. Only when I'm in New York, though, because, like, you know, travel and all that, that's too expensive. The second episode I filmed, 
He loved it. He's like, fuck, you need to come with me to Vegas or, and like, yeah. you need to come with me for the Ask Gary Vee book tour and like all this stuff. So it just started to quickly become, it wasn't just in New York, it was everywhere he was going. He wanted me to join him and start filming this man's life. And that's kind of how that began. It, it's an amazing, it's amazing, you know, showing and documenting and not telling, um, you know, portrayal of, of everything that he is. I, I don't know. I'm going to have to look for that in, in um, Daily V1, uh, that moment. Well, I, you, I, I, I've, wa- I've watched early ones recently. Yeah, if you, watch um, that, if you watch the video I did put up just now on my Instagram with Tim, uh, you'll see it because I put it in there. I, I, uh, I, that moment's in there. Um, but, yeah, it's funny. And I, I love it. It's definitely early and maybe in the first three or four when he's going to give the talk in New York and they don't let him in because that's he number, doesn't. That's number, one. that's number one. Oh, that is one. Yeah. Oh, no, coach, no, 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 no. Yes. Yeah. That Amazing. Great. Well, that's what it was funny. I, like it was such a weird day too. Like it was it perfect. A yeah. Perfect day. Moment. And it was like, yeah, this was meant to be. Like I knew it as soon as I put that episode together. I was like, "There's no way he's not gonna like this." Yeah, absolutely. You know. So I I had Tyler on uh, a couple months back, Tyler and Schmidt or Tyler Babin. Ty- Tyler Schmidt. Okay. And I I I brought up Daily V fifty seven when uh, you guys are moving into Hudson Yards or no out. You're moving out and then getting prepared to go to Hudson Yards, really? and uh, there's a there's a cool moment there. So. And he's like, this is so funny because this is literally my favorite episode. Do you have a, a favorite episode of Daily B? Uh, there's a few. Uh, favorite, favorite, favorite. Like, when I first say it, it's like, it's Daily B 14. Uh, it, was just, it was just a weird day where, like, our, me and Gary's energy were finally synced, I think. I think that him and I finally realized, oh, wait, this is a partnership and we're going to do this. Like, this is like, but this is like, we weren't doing them every day. We weren't doing them every week. It was just like whenever I could. And then, like, when we hit Daily V14, we were like, okay, this is like, this is now going to be the rest of our lives, quote, unquote. Like, we're going to just do mm-hmm. this hard. Um, and it was just like one of my favorite edited episodes. But then I would say, like, London Calling was another one. London Calling was, like, the first time where Gary had started... Gary was popular on Twitter, and then he blew up during the tech boom, like, working with all the entrepreneurs, and one day he would just spend... He had a million followers on Twitter when I met him. But everywhere else, he had, like, 20,000 followers. 20,000 followers. Yeah. On YouTube, on Instagram, on Facebook, da 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 So then London Calling happened, and it was the first time that we had gotten real serious about Snapchat, and uh, the world started to get serious about Snapchat, almost like the world is serious about TikTok right now. And Gary like puts out this random snap, and he's like, "Hey, you want to go to London meetup? Like, cool, like come by and let's chat." Uh, we go out to dinner. We meet this kid Elliot, who ends up coming to work for us. Not some nineteen-year-old like hustler kid. He worked on this page called Dunk. Got into like two million hours. So, like, but we're, like, brothers and friends now, so that's, like, a fun moment. But then, like, we're all at dinner, and, get, and we keep getting these messages, like, yo, this, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people showing up in this park. And we're, like, what do you mean? And, like, it was the first moment, I think, that Gary ever felt, like, famous. 
in a way. We go out and we're walking because the restaurant's walking distance. And there's just people like even running after Gary as we're walking. And we're all just like, what is happening? We get there, there's 400, 500 people outside in this park. And it is like 9, 8, 9 p.m. And we stay until about 2.30. Gary talks to every single person. Mm. And like, we filmed the whole thing. It's just one of my favorite moments because uh, we had been building up audience for probably two and a half years, two years at that point. But I had not really seen a lot of them. I had seen like, yeah, we did like an Ask Gary V, v meetup in New York where we set it up. We had an event page. We had people know about it, come. We had a venue, mm-hmm. all this stuff. Like Ask Gary V episode 100. But this was like, Gary put out a random snap and then 400 people were outside. And like, we went deep. And he like gave some really good advice. We felt the energy. It was just like a moment that like I can't, I can't really describe. You know, that's um, amazing. And so that was like a really cool moment for me. It was fun to see the audience that we had built. I would say the only time I'd ever felt that again was VCon last year, because mm. it was the first time. It wasn't 400 to 500. We had done a few meetups like Washington Square Park, a few other places. But the first time I was like, wow, that's right. These are all the people that we've made videos for over the last seven years. And it was like, they're all in one space. And it was like, I think 4,000. I can't remember how many people. But it was a lot of people. And I felt connected to every single person. Mm. That was like a really cool moment for me. Yeah, I mean, you could tell when you guys were on the floor because you just heard, like, you didn't even have to see it. Like, you just heard the stampede coming through at VCon. Really did. <laughs> really did. It was a little worrisome. It was a little worrisome. <laughs> um, real quick, so just some little moments in time during during the years pre V Friends before we get into it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw something at you, and you just give me you know, a, a memory, you know, what you remember about these, these things that happened uh, or have come up. So the first is uh, workplace warriors. Hmm. What, what do you remember about workplace warriors? I remember also known as the V friends before V friends. Yeah. I remember uh, Gary and Andy and I and Tyler, because he was, he like loved all these like little chachis, uh had met this guy um, and he was going to make toys for us. I think he's Big Shot Toys on Instagram right now. But um, he was going to design these little, like, toys that we can sell for people's desks. Almost like your gratitude gorilla right behind you. Just to remind you of positive traits and uh, energy. And, like, this is it's funny because, like, I always thought that, like, we were going to build a business. And I always knew that Gary could do his own. And he was always like, I'm going to buy Nostalgia. I'm like, bro, you're so creative. Make your own. And he never like understood. He never got that. He like no nostalgia. will play more. I'm gonna buy like Rice Krispies or Animal Crackers, make a movie out of that, and resurrect the brand, and then sell a fuck ton of things. And for some reason, I just knew that he could do it on himself by himself. And I heard one moment that he wanted to build Walt Disney, and like that was my childhood dream. And so like when I heard that, I was like, oh, I'll be with you forever type thing. Like this is gonna be so workplace warriors. Were these little characters with positive affirmations for people to put on their desk? 
and it's going to be a fun project that we were going to work on. Um, and yeah, that's kind of the summary of it. You know, with that, you've been with him for eight years, which is a long time to be yeah. working for the, the same the same guy. Yeah. Is is the reason that you're still there with kind of what you just said, like you just kind of your visions aligned and you kind of want the same things or is there more to that? Yeah, I'll say first and foremost, Gary is a great guy. So, like, first and foremost, like, just love the dude. Like, I think I'm obsessed with him and, like, just, like, brotherly love, mentor love, um, older brother love, uh, friend love, boss love. Like, I just have all these good, warm feelings. Because, like, we, I don't know, I feel like I've, I've been a part of his life and, and, like, he's clearly been a part of mine, but... I've definitely seen a lot of his life. And so I've known mm-hmm. a lot of, I don't know, I've just always had an ultimate respect for him. Um, never wanted anything from him, nothing like that. Just wanted to, like, do my best work. And he also gave me the freedom to create anything. Like, it was he didn't, like, he, he, he might have said, like, no, I'm not really interested. But then, like, if I did it, he kind of was like, okay, cool, let's do more of it, you know? Um, and he wasn't rigid. He was a good boss and, like, a good a mentor and like I, I just learned a lot from him and like you know you got to remember i was filming and editing every day right something that he That's... said people people who uh the reason why i can say i'm here is i was homeschooled i was my whole life until i got to college and uh you know so I'm, i had a lot of time on my computer i was on youtube all the time and i was watching a bunch of like tutorials on how to edit and like all this stuff. But then I would always listen to these motivational videos and I loved them because it was like positive affirmations. I was living in Pennsylvania, like my family doesn't make any money. I didn't know what kind of direction I wanted in life. But then I started to become obsessed with the idea of video production. And there was this one video that Will Smith, a fan of Will Smith had put out and it was like the nine secrets of success by Will Smith. And it was a mashup. Of like nine different videos. Nine, yeah, I know and those videos. I watched yeah. that video probably every day, probably until I got to college, and even in college, like, I loved it. So I related with it. Like he would say, like, "Hey, like I'm gonna outwork you. Like I'm gonna like get on the treadmill and I'll die before I like before you beat me. Like I'll die on the treadmill. And, like just stuff like work ethic and like um, manifestation and like if you believe in it, you can do it. All that stuff. And I said, I always said that like my life kind of like pivoted. Then I get, I get. My mom and dad were also into very motivational things, but that was probably the first moment for myself where I was like, I can do this. I have the hunger. I have the desire to do something great. And so when I got to that point, when I was like, hey, like that video really changed my life. I was like, if I could do that once, like my favorite movies are like Seven Pounds, Pursuit of Happiness, uh, Mm -hmm. Goodwill Hunting. um, Those are like feel good like eat, like ET, like just motivational, good films, right? And so I always said, like, if I could do make a movie like that that changed somebody's life, I could die a happy man. And honestly, up to, like March twenty third, two thousand twenty three, I can say I can die a very my soul can die a happy man right now. Like if I died tonight, I would be very content with what I left on the world because I know I've made. 10,000, if not more of those videos. But I know that there's like, and that body of work is going to live on forever. Like, Will Smith didn't make that mashup. 
some fans sat down and took nine bits of heat down from Pat Orton, Will Smith's thing, put it together, and I watched that video, and it changed my life. And then I can say, I think I've done that quite a bit. And, like, so now how I think about life is I'm playing with house money, and everything else I do for the rest of my life will just be gravy, right? Like, that's just, like, fun now. So I love that. That's why I loved him is, like, I think he gave, he gave me the platform. I gave him the platform. We built each other up in our own way. Um, I'm excited for the future, though. I'm not sure if forever is in the books anymore just because I think that um, I'm pretty ambitious. Uh, I'm pretty, like, I want to, I wanna, like, fly. I want to try to do stuff. And I don't know. We'll see. Life is Life is full of ups and downs and questions and... You never know like what direction life can go, you know? So Of course. And with that making an impact, like, you know, you are someone that brings it every day, trying to give back, giving more than you take from the community, whether it's LinkedIn or or Instagram or Twitter, you're always asking what you can do for the community. And I've even, you know, I, I don't know if you remember I told you in Miami how like you putting out a tweet like, All right, who needs who needs work, who's looking for work, like I landed a gig from from one of your posts. So like you're you're sending out all of the amazing ripples and, and you know I love having these conversations with you guys, people that are close to him, because you just see the trickle effect that starts with you know the, the core circle around him, and then it just trickles out into the community, and now even more so with V friends. But well, on on you, that because I think I think that it's a good it's a good perspective to talk about, right? Like. Too many people are, like, transactional. Too many people are, like, if I give you this iPhone, you give me job. Mm. If I give you this, like, if I pay you, you give, deliver this work. If I da 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 And I'm not like that. I'm more like, let's just put karma points out in the world and see where they land. Because, yep. like, I don't know, they always say, like, that, that quote, like, shoot for the stars, uh, shoot for the moon and land among the stars. And I always think it's the opposite. I'm like, the moon's too close. Like, the stars mm. are further away. Like, I want to shoot mm. for the stars and land somewhere in the galaxy, somewhere far, far away. And, like, have that stuff, like, just work for you, you know? I, I don't know. I just feel like there's, there's too many people are like, if I do this, I want this back. And if they don't see it back within, like, four months, they're like, what did I get out of this? And then it's like so like they need it. They need like instant gratification. And I feel like if you can delay your gratification of what you need from other people or what you need or, or what you expect of yourself also, you can be in a much better place because you're not applying that pressure. And by the way, I am speaking from a man who literally every day right now is probably putting the most pressure I've ever put on myself ever now. Mm. Um, but I, I'm aware of that, and I'm aware of, like, I'm just, like, I'm trying to figure out life right now, you know? So it, it's important because I think people, because my whole thing is, like, do free work or do pro bono work. Do, like, like if Gary's like, hey, thank you for the nine years, but, like, we got to go out of business and you don't have a job anymore, I'm like, the first thing I would want to do is probably find any type of person I want to work for call it Michael Rubin, call it Drake, call it Kanye, and find 
hours of footage online about them, put together a 30-minute documentary, and sit there for free and do this. Yep. And be like, and then try to get it to somebody near or close to that person and be like, I want to do this for you. Here, I made this for free. Imagine if I had the camera and I could ask you my own shit and we could actually storytell around. And that's how I would, that's how I think about opportunity. Like, I really do. There is some, if there was one kid that wanted my job, one, and I've said this on many podcasts. I've, said this. I've heard you say this. I know exactly what you're about to say. Yep. If one kid, if, if I was wanting a job and I saw Gary's content and I wanted a job, I would sit there and listen to hours of Gary. People are like, I would listen to hours of Gary's keynotes, put together a video and send it for free. And it would be great because I would spend time and effort and energy, no pressure. People, they laugh. I've gotten comments or DMs like, why would I do that? I'm literally like have to sit there for hours of footage and like learn, like have to like edit and stuff. I'm like, God, what do you think I do every day? I have to sit down and still watch your hours of footage every day. Like it's not like easier once you're here. You still got to mm. work. And so right. like, people are so like, they just want the opportunity without putting in the effort, you know? Uh, yeah, and, and we're we're seeing that lack of patience. Well, yeah. If, oh, yeah. By the way, sorry. If one kid put together a video right now that's three minutes long and it's a great little short film, and guys, there's so much content out there. <laughs> if one kid, there was a guy that put together Daily B one hundred, and I offered him a job because it was fucking epic. Uh, he didn't want a job. He just wanted to like build up portfolio and get recognition. Right. But he did it. He put together this episode. It was fire. Before I even spoke about this, I have mentioned this hundreds of times. I have got a job. No, put problem. in the work. <laughs> I have got no zero. To do it. I've gotten one person, two or three people, but they're just their skill was off. I will say that just the skill of editing and storytelling. Gotcha. We tried, but not one person. Um, man, I, I could I could jam on this all day. I I, I want to ask one question before. Yeah, v, I'm gonna pivot to V friends. Please. So, and you, you we said something. Need it, to pivot to v friends, if you don't want to, well, it's more you if you want. To. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I could, I could jam for, for hours. Uh, and, and there's so many different buckets that we could go to. You know, we could stay on this, the job hunting. I know, like that's you have a, your a book. I was gonna ask you that towards the end, but um, you said something that that's been making me think. Like you've spent. Are probably arguably more time with him than anyone in the last 10 years. So that's all of your, you know, your waking work hours, but then you're like compounding it by having him in his ear constantly while you're editing. So like, you've heard everything like the greatest hits, like, uh, you know, 400 trillion to one ripping flowers out of. <laughs> because I thought Gary told me to. But it was a dream I had at night that <laughs> I didn't decipher what was what. And I oh, went man. on a trip and he was like, what are you doing here? I'm like, oh, that I booked this fight off of a dream, I guess. Like, that's so also funny. gone that far, like too far. That's that is that is wild. Um, where was I going with that? Oh, OK. So one of the things that that Gary always says is like he wants, you know, in, in a keynote or a talk or whatever, like if he he can say, he says the same stuff because it's true, but if he can, 
say it in a way that makes it click for that person in that moment, in that time, 100%. like it's worth it. Is there, is there one of the things that you, Garyisms, we'll call them, that you heard that like just kind of, even though you've heard it a million times because you're just around it and hearing it that time, like that it just hit differently for you that moment and just kind of like opened your lenses up big time? Good question. Um, Bye, John Morgan. Have a great day. Um, great question. Hmm. There is so much, bro. There's so much. I, I, you know what it is. I won't say. How about this? I I won't say there's one thing. Because I I just. I am fascinated by my own lack of indecisive, my own indecisiveness. I'm fascinated by it because I feel like I'm a operator. I feel like I work hard. I feel like I go. I feel like I'm pushing myself forward. So I'm fascinated by myself of like, fuck, man, it's really hard for you to make a decision. And like, you're really like concerned about making a decision on like big life decisions. And I'm like, I've edited hundreds of videos where it's like, you just gotta go. You just gotta like, mm. you gotta take that step. You gotta just make the leap. And I think that I even made a short film. If you're having a hard time making a decision, watch this short film. And it's one of my favorites. Um, how about this? I think that it's fascinating to watch Gary because you he is what he is. He is all the way through, all the way through, all the way through. What you see on camera is what you get. Yes, there are moments where he is actually more engaged in real life because that's who he is. But he's like, that's who he is. And he's authentic all the way through to himself. I think that what I'm working on the next 10 years for myself, I'm 32, he's 46. The next 10 years, I want to be authentic to myself. And I want mm, to be I love that. genuinely, like, more decisive and more, like, I'm just going to do things, like, make this decision and go. I'm very good at, like, lofting things up and seeing which sticks and then, like, going with that. I'm not great at, you have two choices and you got to pick one. And so I'm, I'm like, I'm, I think for me, as I've, kind of over the last two years have stepped away from Gary content and I've been more focused on a bunch of other projects. I worked on a people documentary, worked on a bunch of other random, just a ton of random stuff. And so then now I'm in the V friend world a little bit. And I think like lately I, I even filmed the daily V last Friday cause it was my birthday. And I'm like, I wanted to just film cause it was my birthday and I missed it. And I like loved it. When I was filming, I was like, this is what I love. I love this. Mm. I love I love his energy. I love the storytelling of like what we made. It just brought back so many good feelings. And I think all of it was like, man, you really just need to continue to put yourself in a position where you're happy. Right. Everything else, it doesn't matter. So maybe that's the point. Maybe it's you really just gotta put yourself if you're not happy, you gotta change your shit and like pivot and do some other shit. You know, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I have lived it slash I'm living it now. I love that.
And honestly, like, that I curse 9,000 times on this podcast, that's another thing for me personally, too, is, like, I don't want to do that. I want to I want to not curse as much. Like, I don't know. There's just, like, a lot of, I'm, I feel like I'm 32, and I feel like I'm growing into a man now, and I want to, like, just be mindful and con- conscious of, like, who that person is to other people, you know? That's amazing. Um, so, <laughs> and I, I love it. It's your, it's your authentic answer. And that's all, that's all I'm asking for. So, uh, V friends before, before we get to V friends, yep. one of the, the most fascinating yep. things is to me is the, the Malibu trip, because I know that's kind of where all of this started and, and what this podcast is, is I am taking all these interviews and compiling them into an oral history Love of it. the early days of e-friends and Malibu is such a huge chunk of that. Yeah. And I, I, I have to, I know you were there. Was the camera rolling the whole time? The camera's rolling the whole time. I have five hard drives full of two cameras and two angles. So like, that's amazing. So like the ultimate access experience, like I don't want to bowl with him. I don't want to like play, you know, whatever, like video games with him. I would love an access session where I could hang out with the team and just like watch footage from that. I think that's so cool in a few years where we can it's roll funny. that out. It's funny. I'm going to start going through that stuff. Gary's asked me a few times, like go through the drives. So, so I like that might be some good content for you guys. I agree. Um, I, I agree. It's fun. Amazing. I don't want to, I don't want to get all of the, you know, I, we won't get really down dirty with it, but just give me like paint the picture. Like you're there for 10 days. Like did, did the word V friends exist before that? What did it come up there? Like talk to us. Yeah. So I'll, I'll try to give you some alpha without giving you alpha. Uh, this was right after COVID. Like this was like a year and a half after mm. like it was May, 2021, I believe. Yeah. May, 2021. And so, well, May 2021, it dropped. Yeah, so this is like March 2020. Okay. So this is a year into COVID. We had all not seen each other. I went over to Gary's house like a couple times here and there to film like the show Overrated, Underrated. We started at his apartment. We were recording. We were making. We were writing the new book for 12 and a half. So I w- went over there to film a lot of the writing sessions with Ragab and, and uh, a few of the other people on the team to kind of like work on the book. Um, but I didn't really like hung out with Gary. Like this was like the first time that we had all me, Andy, Tyler, Phil, uh, Gary, Gary's girlfriend Mona, who he's now engaged with. Um, we had all showed up to this house, and oh wait, I'm sorry. A few weeks before, in, I'm sorry, a few months before in January, we get a picture, and it's Gary. Drew on an index card, patient pig. And another Which he tweeted, pig. I think. Yeah, and I can't remember he's like something big or whatever he said. And we and I was like, yo, this is this is good. This is like what I think. This is this is I like that he's making up his own shit. Yes. Workplace warriors would have been cool. But we were only gonna do like nine toys. We didn't know the breadth of So anyway, Gary goes into this saying, I'm gonna draw ten thousand different drawings. And so we're all like, bro, it's eight days. You're not going to draw 10,000. You would have, how many, how many seconds are in an hour? There's like 60 seconds <laughs> in an hour or 60 minutes in an hour. 
and how many minute uh, hours per day, 24. I don't know that math, but that day, if you drew for 24 hours, you still wouldn't get like a great big number. And he wanted to do 10,000 in 10 days. So mm. I think we were all just like, what the fuck is about to happen? <laughs> like, what's happening? And then, uh, so we all fly to Malibu, and he's like, I'm going to draw these characters. And we get there, we start setting up paper, and he's like, I just want to draw all day. Like, okay. And so we set up camera, and he's like, yo, give me some positive characteristics. And then he would like, look up a characteristic, and then you look up an animal. Like, animals that started with those letters, and then he just started like, okay, I think alert, ape. And then just like, drew that. And what I was, the, the thing that I was most impressed with, most impressed with, was how one take, I'm, I'm, I used to draw a lot. I used to uh, sketch, doodle. I used to like, make up characters, do all the shit when I was a kid. But my stuff, I'm very good at, like, if I look at something, I can make it look like that thing. Like, exactly. I, I was like, very good at like, copying the visuals. Mm-hmm. What has impressed me about Gary, the most impressive thing, was he didn't, he didn't pencil it. He didn't, like, sketch it before. He just literally took paper, Sharpie, and drew. Looking at, like, a few different animals, understanding the shapes, but then just drew, like, that grip, that, that gorilla right behind, or, uh, yeah, that gratitude gorilla right behind you, that, if you look in the first drawing, there was only that one drawing. Mm. He didn't draw it nine times. I think there was, like, Five characters he might have pre-drawn, but he just went straight up, and the character had a personality. At least a lot of them did, or like a distinctive style or look or feel. And so it was really like fascinating to watch that play out in front of my eyes. So I think that was really cool. That's amazing, and like little things like the Easter egg, like the fives, and a lot of the characters. Oh, he loved was that? that... He was like, "Yo, guys, what I did." What I did. Uh, <laughs> what I did. <laughs> yeah, he loved that stuff. It was fun. And then, like, Ama- there was, like, a bunch of other, like, things that we were going to have that, like, didn't make it. There was, like, this whole, like, category of, like, didn't make it pile. Uh, there's a whole, like, there's just, like, a lot of, like, different directions that we were going, and we just had to figure it out, you know? It's really fun. Was, you know, the, the black, the notion of the black cat being the swoosh, being the, the, the brand, iconic brand logo. That kind of was... happened, happened immediately. Well, right saw, when he drew it? Yeah, he saw it. He's like, I love this. Like, I love this. He's like, I, this I, is he's it. Like, he couldn't get off of it. Like, he, he was like, yo. And then what was funny is like, he started drawing other, like, like a bobcat or, or I think it's a tapira cat or whatever. But he started drawing it in a similar shape. And he was like, oh, oh this, okay. is, like, this is fascinating. Like, I... I, I like the shape. I like the feel. I like how this is going. So I think that kind of was his like motive. Like it was just like really cool to kind of see. And he's like very Gary is very uh he loves like the cursing and the jersey and the t shirt and the jeans. Because he likes walking into business corporate meetings and he's the opposite of what people are doing. So I think the yeah. notion of a black cat being lucky or unlucky and him wanting to switch people's perspectives. It's just the meta, 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 meta of, like, who Gary is in general. Like, 
he wants to say fuck your mom and like that be a good thing not right. a bad thing you know and like that makes so much want sense you to like think in alternative ways and so i think the very 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 lucky black cat is like a symbol of that and i think it's the perfect one if i were to look at the whole thing and like pick my own would i pick that no but because it is who gary is and it made the most sense for him in that moment and now it just played out to be like right i really think it's like a very smart thing that he did with that like he's a genius you know like you, he is so intuition-driven, and he just follows his gut, and that is so powerful. Because we all get crippled by making decisions, or is this right, or is this wrong, is this right, is this, could it be better, da 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 The dude drew 256 characters and said, hey, I'm making an NFT project, and you need to see my drawings. And here I am, like, yo, like, why don't we, like, hire an awesome 3D, like, guy and make them all cute and adorable and and honestly like i'm so glad he didn't do that because like the alpha his drawing it being him drawing it mattered and it being it him sure putting out his work that people made fun of mattered because when Dude. we do go build walt disney in 30 40 years when it actually is and some kid is like yo i want to build that the mom and dad can point back to you see your dude, a little girl? Look at this guy, Gary. He fucking is a schlub on drugs. Right. <laughs> and like, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, it was average work, some, some of it. And he built this huge company and built a big empire off of that. So like, it gives hope. It gives like possibility. It gives a roadmap to how to build something, which is like super fun. And like, I can't wait to make the documentary when he buys the Jets one day. Because like, there's so many Easter eggs that he leaves along the way. Mm. And I just, it's really fun to like be on this side of the camera and like watch it. Um, and yeah, that's, that's what I'll say about the V friend stuff. Did you fall in love with the heart pick as soon as you saw it? Yeah. I mean, listen, I believe in originality and I, I, again, if I was to build Walt Disney, I'd want like original characters and heart picks, the only original thing that hasn't ever existed. Right. Like, there's a wizard out there. There's like other. Aha, once I saw it, you'll see on the footage. Once I get it out there, I was like, "Yo, this is it." And you're like, mm. "You like it?" I'm like, "This is like this is where that's like your uh, that's your Harry Potter. That's your that's your um, Lord of the Rings. That's your that's your uh, that's what I felt like his Mickey Mouse is like." The or where you can like really build an origin story of like not Mickey Mouse, that's like I don't know. They're just like it's, it's, I feel the like original alpha character. The yeah, original. the create the creative in me just wants to make the origin story of like that the Harpic. And like you gotta remember something. And this is like something for the whole Vietnamese community to remember because I I know you guys and I know you're like all like eager and happy and excited. When you watch Walt Disney's movies you watch the trailer first, and then shortly after, probably three or four months later, the movie comes out. And then you see the movie, you see the character, and now you fall in love with the character. The powerful thing that we have going on with V-Friends is the characters are out there now. And there's just 250 sits or eight of them. 
there's so many different use cases that you can do with that. And there's so many ways the guy is going to be able to turn these into whatever he wants to turn them into. That it's just going to take time. And anytime there was like an issue at Vayner or an issue with an employee or an issue with a client, Gary would always look at me and he'd be like, just a matter of time. Just a matter of time. And that's the same advice I like to give you and this entire community that like, we, we need time to build and you need time to storytell. And when the movie does come out about any of these characters, you guys are going to be so more, much more excited because it's happening, you know? It's, ha- it's like, it's cool. It's fun to be a part of. Um, but the most important thing about the VRENS community is a lot of the holders are all aligned. They all want to accomplish something or do something or be a better person, right? That's why you're all here. And so use, what, like what I do with my networking posts on Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn, like what I do with uh, my, like, just content in general, like how can I help you, da, da, da. I would highly recommend the VeepRunner community do the same with each other and then help amplify the voice of VeepRunner because, listen, you're the community. This is where all the magic stuff happens. Like, talk to each other, meet each other, like, help each other, work with each other, network with each other, build each other, have hard conversations, right? I I, I, I remember meeting with you, with you in Miami and, like, we talked a little bit, and it was fun. It's like, now here we are on a podcast. Now in five years, I might run into you again. And it's going to be just something else. A powerful story for me working with Gary was like, here I am, a young videographer in the city, didn't have access to a lot of things. And then, like, all of a sudden, we started putting out Ask Gary V. And I would get DMs from, like, people who, like, worked at Sony or Canon or B&H and be like, hey, we're big fans. And, like, to me, that was, like, crazy, like, Things I love, like cameras and gear and equipment, things mm-hmm. I couldn't afford. People are like, yo, we want to give you this stuff because of this. Or something that happened on One Ask Gary Vee years ago has now allowed someone to build a multi-million dollar business for their family. And those kids are going to have a great life because of that. Like, there's just so much. You don't know what's going to happen with time. So keep putting out the good vibes. Keep putting out the like positive traits and keep like, Helping each other. I, I would say, like, that's all we have. That's our, that's our greatest responsibility here, is to help each other, you know? Amazing. And, you know, you, uh, I think you, you answered my, my next question, which is, you know, what is tomorrow is 55 days to VCon. You know, what would be your number one tip? And I think you just you just hit it. Yeah. Network, hey. just talk to each other. Yeah, because, again, like, everyone's like, oh, they want to see Gary, they want to see other people. Like, that's cool, I get it. Like, that's why you're there and everything. But, like, literally the person right behind you in the line waiting to take the photo could just be your next best friend or soulmate or business partner or you you have one conversation and it shifts your perspective, either positive or to, like, a new idea, a new concept that goes on to be the thing that you do for the rest of your life. You know, hundred percent, a hundred percent. I'm looking so at- excited for VCon. I like. I'm dying to. I, I can't wait to see everybody there. It's just last year was so magical. It was so much fun. It was like everyone is like I don't know, excited and happy. And I know there's a lot of issues that happen too. I know there's a lot of things in the background, but I think that's with any big event. You know, sure. 
And uh, it was a, your first time doing it. Yeah. You know, I I don't know if it, I I won't say how, but I, I got backstage for, for on the last day. I introduced myself to you, talked to you for a bit, took a picture. Uh, and I one thing that stood out that you said is like, yeah, we have a meeting tomorrow to go over to talk about VCon next year. Like literally the next day after this event, we were all dead. We were all like, we were all, and I was like, we were all oh outside. We were man. Like, <laughs> I'm like, they're not messing around, but like what, you know, I'm, I'm not looking for alpha or, or, you know, to pull back the curtain, but like, what are you looking forward to the community seeing in, in VCon 2? I don't have anything, honestly. It just, just to get I'm back. that dude. Like I don't organize events and stuff. So I'm like, not that dude. Um, I'm just excited to meet people. That's it. Amazing. Yeah. Um, I've, I, I'm looking, we, we've gone over. Yeah, I, I feel like I, I gotta go in two minutes. I have, I, I feel like I'm going to let you go. I haven't scratched the surface. I'm, there's a good chance that you will hear from me within the next five years before five years is up. Well, I, but, uh, I hope so. D rock. I hope we D rock. I, we'll <laughs> I, you know, I'm, on behalf of, of everyone, we love, like, it's because of you that all of this messaging gets out in, in the, the beautiful and, way that it does. And I'm sorry, I will never take that. All Team Gary, uh, T- team Sid is running everything right now, and I'm so proud of him. He started as an intern on our team. So cool to see him. Abby Ragab, Dustin's crushing the video stuff now. Dustin um, is crushing. There's, there's just so much that goes on behind it. I've never liked Hey because of you, so I want to throw it back on Team Gary and and and, and the V Friends fam and like everyone here at Vaynerettes and I just, I appreciate you. Thank you though. And, uh, I, there are, there are a, a good amount of videos thanking you for all the impact they have on, on YouTube. I don't know if you've ever seen them, but, uh, fellow videographers, just FYI, but, um, yeah, you, you are so appreciated. You're, you're the best dude. And I, I really appreciate your time and, uh, being part of the V fam. I love it. Thank you, bro. And by the way, what was like Tyler, like biggest takeaway? What was like kind of like the, the takeaway from that episode, I'm like, when love, I love that dude. Like, I just like, he's so fascinating, and he can talk about any topic and go deep. He's he's well rounded. He his takeaway, um, well, it, it was it was a a big moment, and for him, it was like symbolic of you know Vayner being this like little rinky dink like shop to like moving up to to the big time. That and from what I recall, I think he, I can't remember, his family was going away like Aspen or like somewhere crazy. Um, and it was like a vacation that they still talk about and they had all these amazing memories and he skipped out b- because he didn't want to miss the move. Uh, so he remembers that like it just means a lot to him. That's cool. So I think that that's what stood out. That's cool. Um, I've, worked, I've worked with these boys now like eight, nine years. It's crazy. Like Tyler and Andy, it's just been like so fun to watch. Like, just so much fun, you know. And you know th- this. You were you. I've gotten all three of you on this podcast, and, and have talked to you all in person. And you're just stand up dudes. And, and like Gary, you know what you see is what you get. Um, so I, you. thank you for that and everything you're putting out to the world. Thank you, bro. So uh, I can't thank you enough, brother. And we will see you around. Yes, sir. VFAM, thanks so much for listening to the end. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider uh, subscribing to it, writing a review, following us on Twitter, and subscribing on YouTube. Uh, Your support means the world, and can't wait to see you at VCon.